Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 36. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, we are building an incredible community at EntrepreneurOnFire.com. If you're starting or running a business, you simply have to check out the free resources we have for you. Also, every interviewee has their own dedicated page with a full recap and contact info. Come join our awesome community at eofire.com and reach out to me with any questions or suggestions you have. Entrepreneuronfire.com was created for you, so come on over and help make it stronger. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Jay Bear. Jay, are you prepared to ignite? I am 1,000% prepared to ignite. My man. Jay is a hype-free, tequila-loving social media and content strategist, speaker, and author. He founded Convince and Convert in 2008. He's consulted with more than 700 companies on digital marketing since 1994, including Caterpillar, Nike, and Billabong. He was named one of America's top social media consultants by Fast Company Magazine and Convince and Convert blog is ranked as the world's number one content marketing resource. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Jay, but why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? Thanks very much for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here. Uh, I have been in digital marketing, as you mentioned, since uh, 1994, so almost as long as you can have been in digital marketing. Convince and Convert is my fifth uh, entrepreneurial venture, my fifth professional services startup. And so uh, I've been doing this a long time. Absolutely love it. It's a very exciting uh, period now with all the advances in social media. It sometimes feels like the world has changed more in the last three years than it did in the in the previous 30 years. Uh, so there is never a dull moment uh, in my world. Love that. And Jay, listen, we always start every show off with a success quote. It's kind of our way to get the motivational ball rolling and to get the Entrepreneur on Fire listeners pumped up for the rest of your content, which I can already tell is going to be incredible. So what do you have for us today? I keep it on my wall in front of my laptop, and it says, some days you are the pigeon, and some days you are the statue. And I take that uh, to heart, because what I've discovered being an entrepreneur now for almost 20 years is that it is never going as good as you think it is, and it is never going as bad as you think it is. And I think it's important to recognize that. So, Jay, how do you apply this quote to your everyday life? Well, I think as, a, as an entrepreneur, one of the reasons that we we choose that path for ourselves, right, is the sort of visceral nature of entrepreneurship, right? It 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 is passion worthy, and it means a lot to you to have your own business and uh, and, and watch your business grow. But I think sometimes we get caught up in the uh, sort of micro details of of entrepreneurship, right? Oh, we got a new client, or we have a new project, or we've got a new book, and you get really really excited, uh, and then something happens that's maybe not as positive, and you get really really down, really depressed, and. Uh, maybe it's just that I'm getting old, but I have uh, determined that the best way is to try and stay an even keel, to not get overly excited about your victories and not get overly disappointed about your defeats. So true. And entrepreneurship can truly be a roller coaster. So keeping an even keel, that's a great lesson to pull out of that. It's a great plaque to have on your wall. And we're going to use that to transition to our next topic. 
which is failure or a challenge or a major obstacle that you've come up to at some point in your life. Because as an entrepreneur, you have failed. You have come up with a challenge that you've really had a hard time or struggled with. But you've obviously used that to propel yourself forward or to inspire you in further and different directions because you're still here today. Can you take us back to a moment in time during your journey as an entrepreneur where you have faced an obstacle and you have overcome it. Can you take us through that? I've been really fortunate, I should say, that that I have um, been doing this a long time. And as I said, I've started four or five professional services firms in a row and, and have been able to um, sort of start them from scratch and, and get up to speed relatively quickly. So I've been fortunate. I haven't had a lot of those, oh no, we may not make it this month kind of moments, and I am eternally grateful for that. Um, but one of the things that I have discovered is that you really have to, as you grow your business, you have to get to the point pretty quickly where you understand what it is that you are not good at, right? So if you've read uh, E-Myth and, and books like that, one of the things that they're very big on, and I agree, is is this notion of the entrepreneur working on the business instead of working in the business. And I have discovered um, that I am really not a very good project manager. So I, I manage by post-it note, um, and that is not a highly scalable uh, game plan. And so there was a couple of times when I was a, a young entrepreneur in the website design, website production business, where I made mistakes just because I wasn't paying attention. I've actually deleted people's websites, right? Clients like, oh, sorry, your website's gone uh, because I screwed something up. And so I, I took that lesson uh, and, and realized I have to have people around me who have that attention to detail, who make sure that those kind of mistakes uh, don't get made. One of the things I've written about a lot, John, is that um, in entrepreneurship, I think the people who do it best are those who figure out as quickly as possible what they're not good at and what they don't want to do. Whereas I think most entrepreneurs try and gravitate toward what they do want to do and what they good, uh, what they are good at. And I feel like you're better off if you uh, if you almost do a process of elimination. Absolutely, and I really appreciate that aerial view and the lesson that you have pulled from that. That's just great karma right there to go forward in with that mentality. Can you take us now down to ground level into a specific situation where you really came across something that you had to adjust with a client or just with your business in general and how you reacted to that? First was starting out. This is a long time ago. We delivered something to a client and I had not approved it or, or looked over it or sort of did that final uh, examination of it before it went out the door. And for reasons that are, that are unimportant for the purpose of the show, it just was not quality work. It was just not, it just was not up to par. And the client called us on it and said, this is really, really, really poor work. Uh, and this is not what we expect from you. And it was a pretty, uh, a pretty ugly situation. Um, and it, it really got me to understand very early on that you know, you're only as good as your last deliverable. Uh, and now in this era of reputation and Twitter followers and blogs and everybody's got a book and and being a speaker and an author is like being an actor or singer or model these days, um, that, that, yeah, you may have some sort of public reputation that social media generates, but at the end of the day, from a client perspective, from an entrepreneurship perspective, you're only as good as, as your last deliverable uh, and you have to continue to bring quality every single time. You, you can never rest. You can never say, you know what, we're good enough to sort of mail this in because that is where you you turn around one day and say, oh, I've just ruined my business. Absolutely. 
So Jay, we're going to transition now into the aha moment because as an entrepreneur, just like we experience failure and obstacles and challenges every single day, we also have these little aha moments continuously, daily, weekly, monthly, that inspire us, that move us forward, that just really help us grow our business. Sometimes in that journey, we really have had this one big aha light bulb moment that just came on, the clouds parted, the sun rays came through, and just the angels were singing. Have you had that large aha moment that you were able to flex into a true success? I don't know that it was a lightning bolt out of the sky, but but certainly a understanding that there is a way to differentiate in professional services, not around quality, not around smarts, but just around responsiveness. So one of the things that that I have always done across all the different companies that I have started and owned is is we are the guys that will call you back. We are the guys who are on top of it. Um, literally every day, a client or prospective client says to me or one of my people, I can't believe how fast you got back to me. I can't believe how responsive you are. And And while that would seem like table stakes, in the technology business and to some degree in the professional services business, it's anything but, John. There's a lot of people out there in social media, in content marketing, in web design, in email, and SEO who you send them an email and they'll get back to you three days later. You leave them a voicemail, they get back to you next week. Uh, and I refuse to run my business that way. I've probably generated more income for myself and my family just by being responsive than through any other single mechanism. And it's something that any entrepreneur can do. You just have to commit to it. I love that aha moment. And that really speaks to the team that you've built around yourself. And you alluded to this earlier, that you realize early on that you can't do it all. You're not a professional at everything. You're not an expert at everything. And if you focus on what you're good at, that's going to be what's best for your business. So can you take a moment and talk to the listeners at Entrepreneur on Fire and tell us about the team that you have built around you? I think it will be somewhat different than than what many listeners expect. I have started and run several what you might consider to be traditional digital marketing agencies where we had uh, a number of people on staff as, as regular employees, anywhere from three or four in the early days to 50 or 60 people uh, on staff. In this company, Convince and Convert, which we started a little over four years ago, decided to do it totally different. Uh, I don't want to start another agency. I don't want to run another agency. Uh, I sort of feel like I've 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 been there and don't have anything left to prove in that regard. So I wanted to 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 really build it as more of a consultancy. So the way it works is we're purely virtual. There's six people on the team now across the entire United States, uh, East Coast, West Coast. I'm in the Midwest, um, and every single person on my team is a contractor and every single person on my team has their own company as well so all the people on convince and convert on my on my team have their own clients that they work with in social media and content marketing and digital marketing but then we come together to work on projects under the convince and convert umbrella all of those entrepreneurs are on retainer to my company so i pay them every month whether i use their time or not Uh, and by doing it that way i i know that all the people who are working with me have the kind of entrepreneurial skills, the client skills, the attention to detail, the customer focus uh, that I need to, to be the best of breed in my industry. Again, I love this aerial view that you're giving us. And now let's take this down to the ground level again and really get into the specific roles that you have these people playing to kind of give us a good idea of what you have as a team. You bet. So 
I do most of the uh, business development, client relationship uh, management. Uh, I have a, a guy, uh, Daniel Lemon, Daniel Lemon, who's a former Google uh, marketer who lives in Los Angeles. He is our, our chief strategist who works on most of our strategic planning initiatives for clients. Uh, Chris Sietzma in Phoenix is our head of uh, digital operations and, and manages most of our execution layer projects for clients. Uh, Lisa Leffler, who's also in Arizona, does a lot of research projects on behalf of our clients and a lot of tactical recommendations. Here's a, a special ninja Facebook trick, those kind of things that we help our, our customers with. Uh, and then we have some uh, other folks on the East Coast who really focus on our thought leadership. In the industry that I'm in, of course, content creation is extraordinarily important. So we're always working on the blog, email newsletter, ebook physical book, speaking opportunities. So there's some people on the team that really focus on that part uh, of the business as well. Thank you for being so transparent with that because I think it's just really helpful for the listeners to really understand how a true virtual business works because that's just a big mystery to a lot of people. So just the way that you were very transparent and share with us the different roles that these people play is a huge, huge benefit to these listeners here. So we definitely appreciate that. In there real quick, John, and say, let me just mention one thing that I think is really important for listeners to understand is that A, everybody who works for me, as I mentioned, has their own business, right? So, so they have those kind of skills, uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, and B, everybody who works with me, I already knew. So most of the people on my team I had worked with in previous companies or I have a personal relationship with. So we're not we're not building a virtual company by pulling people off the street uh, and saying this, you know, let's hope this works. If you're going to run a truly virtual company like we do, where we literally only get together in person twice a year and everything else is email and, and go to meeting and Skype, you have to have that sort of unstated shorthand in the organization. Um, you can't, you, you just don't have time for handholding. Uh, and so you have to have people who really are sort of on the same wavelength. They know what you want. They know how each other operates. And, and that sort of, it's going to sound strange, but that sort of virtual closeness uh, is really, really important to making that structure work. Thank you for breaking that down even more because the more that we can understand how a successful virtual business works, the better off we all are. So we really appreciate that. Jay, have you had an I've made it moment? I've had a lot of moments where I thought, you know what, I'm proud of that. Uh, I'm very proud of, of my first book, The Now Revolution. It did very well, continues to do well. Uh, there are certainly times when I walk off stage, I, I do 50 to 100 speaking engagements a year, and, and you walk off stage and you know you killed it, and you know you've imparted information that's that's going to change people's business. Uh, that's certainly a moment that, that you relish. There's been things that we have done for clients, and we see uh, how our work and our advice has built their business. That's extraordinarily gratifying. But I'll tell you, what probably makes me the happiest and, and what I point to as as the biggest uh, moment is that something like, I haven't added it up lately, but something like 20 or 25 people who have worked for me have started their own companies. And I feel like this kind of structure that I've put into place, not just in this company, but in previous companies that I've owned, has fostered entrepreneurship and many, many young people who I've hired either out of college or, or as a uh, very young professional have subsequently started their own successful businesses. And, and that pays uh, tremendous dividends to a lot of people. And I'm really, really proud of that, probably more so than anything else. So Jay, you did mention that you have a lot of different facets going on in your business, and it all sounds very exciting. I normally ask our guests to only 
give one thing that's really exciting them about their business today, but I really feel like it'd be beneficial to the Entrepreneur on Fire audience to hear a couple more things. I just feel like you have a couple more things to share. Can you share two, maybe three things and really expound on those things that are really exciting you about what you're doing right now? Absolutely. Let me give you a sense of, of sort of the business that we do and that, and that might help. So we uh, do consulting for corporations and we help corporations with social media strategy and content strategy. We do a lot of consulting for agencies. So we help uh, advertising agencies and public relations firms stay great at social media. We're sort of the social media whisperer. Uh, and so they, they send us their proposals and their work and we say, yeah, that's good. But you know what we could do? We could put this little twist on it and that would make it even better. So we do a lot of that kind of work. Uh, we have a very successful blog. We have a weekly podcast. We have a daily email newsletter and we sell advertising through all of those channels. Um, and then we do a lot of public speaking and, and book writing. And so there's income and, and exposure through those channels as well. So every day there are a number of different projects. And even though it's only a five or six person team, uh, because of our agency relationships and our own direct client relationships and the things we're doing, we probably work with either directly or indirectly 40 or 50 companies per week, every week. So we see a lot of opportunities. We see a lot of pitches um, in, in baseball parlance, which I think makes us effective consultants because we have so many at bats. We, we see social media and content marketing and digital marketing from a lot of sides. Uh, and I think it, it makes us uh, pretty effective and sort of keeps us in that hype free position. We're like, yeah, it's just, it's just business. So you spoke of your public speaking and how you do between 50 to hundred events a year at times. And you actually even shared that sometimes you walk off stage and you just say to yourself, wow, I really just crushed that. I know I've helped a lot of people. To me, that's really inspiring. And I know the audience really is inspired by that as well. Can you take us to an actual event and kind of paint a picture for us of where you were recently a public speaker at an event and take us through that whole event when you actually crushed it and how you really think you did help those people in the audience? Absolutely. Of all the things that we do, public speaking is probably my favorite. I come by it naturally. My mom and my and my stepdad are both uh, teachers, were teachers for 30 plus years. What I envisioned I would be doing right now is is teaching in a university. And in fact, John, that was my plan. Uh, I sold my last business and, and did pretty well on that. And I was going to uh, sort of semi-retire and teach and write. But then the simultaneous real estate collapse uh, and stock market collapse um, sort of put that dream on hold. And so I'm back for another go-round at, uh, at Convince and Convert. But I feel like being a public speaker is, is the next best thing to being an educator because you're educating in 60-minute blocks over lunch. Uh, as opposed to in a classroom setting. I think the dynamics are really similar. And, and to your question about a, an example, literally just like three days ago, right? So last Friday, uh, I was in Orlando uh, at the International Council of Shopping Centers Conference on Moshal, a mobile location and social uh, special uh, niche conference for, for that industry. And it's all shopping center owners and mall owners and those kind of guys. And this new speech that I'm rolling out is called Utility, Y-O-Utility, why smart businesses focus on helping, not selling. And it's the basis of my forthcoming new book. Uh, but this speech I'd only given twice in the past and to very friendly audiences, very social media aware audiences who, who are predisposed to 
understanding and embracing the themes that I'm that I'm bringing forward. So this was the very first time I'd ever given that speech uh, to a regular business audience. And again, it's it's allegedly going to be the foundation of my new book. So I was very, very nervous about, hey, you know what? If this doesn't resonate with this audience, I have a real problem. Uh, I have a problem with the speech. I have a problem with the book. I got I got to go back to the drawing board. Uh, and it was one of those days. You know, the same thing happens in sports where you just, you know, your timing is right, the lighting is right, the room is right, the crowd is right, um, the coffee is hot, and uh, just really hit all the marks. And and it was. Um, almost a euphoric kind of experience where you sort of walk off stage, you're like, you know what, that's about as good as I can do. Uh, and and the, the feedback from that presentation was extraordinary. Uh, people say, you know, that's the best marketing presentation I've ever seen. Uh, you know, I'm going to go back to my office and put those principles into practice on Monday, that kind of thing. And and that um, that makes it all worthwhile. It's nice to get a check, but it's even nicer to to know that people are going to get back on the plane and say, you know what, that guy was right. We should do our business that way. Abstract theories are great. In an entrepreneur on fire, we really try to bring the story to the audience. And so that was just so powerful that you actually sharing that insight into your life and how you did crush it. And that is truly meaningful. Thank you for doing that. Now, the word entrepreneur is truly a mystery to many people. They really kind of scratch their heads and they wonder, What exactly does an entrepreneur do during the course of a day? It's just a mystery. At Entrepreneur on Fire, we really do try to pull back the curtain and and show that, yes, an entrepreneur does have a variety of tasks, and it's very common that we don't do the same thing day to day. However, there definitely are commonalities that we are doing that are taking up a good portion of our day. Can you just speak to the audience and tell us two tasks that you do find that take up a portion of your day every day? Absolutely. And as I mentioned, some of my previous companies were more traditional agencies where we had a number of people involved. And one of the reasons I got out of that model was that I found myself as we got, you know, dozens and dozens of employees, you end up not doing the things that you love. You end up not doing the things that brought you to that industry in the first place. You know, it got to the point in my last company where I wasn't actually doing marketing. I was doing HR. Uh, and 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 finance and accounting and the things that I don't want to do. And so in this company, it's very intentionally small enough. In fact, we probably turn, well, not even probably, we turn down far more work than we take. Um, and the, we only have one rule in the company, which is we only work on stuff that everybody in the company wants to work on. So every time we have a, a business opportunity, we vote on it. And if everybody's you know eager to do it, we do it. And if everybody's not eager to do it, we pass. Um, and, and to me, that's the definition of success when you work on only the things that you want to work on. That being said, because it's an intentionally small team, I work with clients directly every day. I have phone calls or email exchanges or Skype calls with our clients every day, uh, helping them get better at social and digital and content. And then because of the amount of speaking uh, that I do, I work on some sort of presentation, keynote, PowerPoint kind of thing every day. Um, I, I, I'm always in there doing presentation design and presentation development uh, on an almost continuous basis. And then, and then because we're out there and we want to be out there, we probably do, uh, you know, I'm sure I do an interview like this, not not uh, a show of this magnitude with uh, with your level of insight, John, but uh, some sort of media interview at least once a day. So, Jay, your business is rocking right now. You turn away more business than you actually accept. Your team is rocking. People understand their roles. What is your vision for the future of Convince and Convert? 
It's a great question, John, and one that I'm not entirely certain I have a handle on. Uh, it's it's going great. We're we were 40% uh, increase in revenue this year, 40% increase in revenue last year, 40% increase in revenue the year before. So it's been very stable, 40, 40, 40, which is great. And that's that's uh, growth that is um, excellent, but also not runaway growth. And that's kind of how I want it. I don't want to go from six to 25 people and all of a sudden you change your whole dynamic. And so we're trying to control that growth. Um, where does it go? I'm not totally certain. It's hard to have an exit strategy with a purely virtual business because you have nothing to sell. Not that I want to sell or not that I would sell, but but that's one of the things that is a that entrepreneurs need to understand that that when somebody wants to come out and buy your company, and I've sold agencies in the past, if you don't really have any saleable assets, that, that takes one of those exit opportunities off the table. So I think um, we're going to stay the course. We, we, you know, everybody is having a great time. Our clients like it. We like it. Um, it's uh, it's a great place to be right now. So so we see uh, very similar into the future for the next two to five years. You know, decent growth every year. Keep doing great work. Continue to to be recognized for uh, our our thought leadership and and our excellence. And um, you know, can't complain. There's worse jobs out there. Having three years running of 40% growth and looking at that as the vision for your future is a pretty good thing. So I definitely applaud you for what you've done in the past and what you're looking to do in the future. So Jay, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round. And this is where I provide a series of questions and you come back with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Lightning sound effect? (laughs) I will add that in post-production. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) What was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think like most entrepreneurs, it was fear. Uh, And I'll tell you a little story. Um, I had worked in marketing services since I was 17. And I had always wanted to start my own thing. Uh, But I was was, uh, pretty well compensated at a young age, which which was nice. I was um, I was doing well and I was afraid to give that up to be an entrepreneur and say, well, what if this doesn't work and I got to feed my family and that, that typical, um, kind of concern that a lot of, uh, potential entrepreneurs have. And my best friend who also ended up being my brother-in-law, he married my wife's sister. So my, my best friend was my brother-in-law, which is fantastic. That's an awesome circumstance. Um, he came down with brain cancer and unfortunately passed away when he and I were both, uh, 32. And once he was diagnosed, um, that was the push I needed. I walked into my company and quit uh, and started my company, my first entrepreneurial venture the next day. Uh, And I said, you know what? Here's the thing. If this doesn't work out, I can just go get a job as somebody's internet guy. Um, You know, nothing terrible is going to happen. And when you realize what terrible things can happen, at least for me, it gave me the courage that I needed to, uh, to take that first entrepreneurial step. And I've never looked back. Wow, that is a very grounding and moving story. Thank you for sharing that. What is the best business advice you have ever received? My first boss, um, and because I've always been on the professional services side, I think this is good advice. My first boss said, look, our job is to give our clients our very best professional advice but at the end of the day, they decide whether or not they take it. Uh, and, and that was really good advice for me because it can be frustrating uh, with this kind of company that I run when when you say, here's what you should do, and then it doesn't get done. At the end of the day, you know, it's not our job to pull the trigger. We can't, you know, we can't make the horse drink, right? We can just lead him to water. And, and that has um, been something that stuck with me probably every day for the last 20 years. 
What is something that's working for you or your business right now? Because I come out of a, the digital marketing industry, we've always been very attuned to the math and the metrics of marketing success, right? Of measuring success, of understanding uh, marketing scoreboards and dollars allocation and ROI and applying that same kind of principle to social media and content marketing areas where some people struggle with understanding the math and the measurement has been really effective for us. We, we tend to be the grounded math oriented guys and let us show you mathematically what works as opposed to, wow, that's neat, that tweet sure felt nice. Um, we, we really try and apply some some more sophisticated uh, measurement concepts to a somewhat of a touchy-feely industry, and that's been very effective for us. I don't always ask this question, but you are so plugged into the online world that I'm going to throw it in. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you would recommend to the audience? Great question. You know what I like a lot, uh, and and I will say this uh, with disclosure that I'm an investor in this company, uh, I use Buffer all the time. And for, for listeners who are on Twitter or on Facebook, Buffer allows you to find content um, and then click a button and it will it will tweet it or Facebook it or LinkedIn it at some, at some point down, down the road. So um, what I do every morning is I read 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 email newsletters and blogs every morning. Uh, and I come up with a collection of things that I want to send out to to my audience that day. But I don't want to send them all at one point in the morning. So I click the buffer button and click, 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 click. And then every couple of hours, it it sends those out like a time release capsule. Uh, and that's a very nice way to, to build some uh, audience and some content curation. Phenomenal. What is the best business book that you've read in the last six months? I would say there is a book called Different, uh, and, and it actually didn't do super well, uh, unfortunately, uh, but I really, really like it, and it's by, um, I'm going to grab it, hold on, be right back, I have it right here. Sorry, John, I want to make sure I had the author's name right. Um, it's called Different, Escaping the Competitive Herd, and it's by Youngmi Moon, and she is the chair of the Harvard Business School. And it's all about how companies can differentiate themselves in a credit marketplace by being meaningfully and markedly different from their competitors. It's it's very much of a uh, of a brand positioning book, but it's really, really well-written, approachable, uh, quick, easy to read, and uh, definitely one of the best books I've read in a while. Awesome. And I will absolutely be linking all of these up in the show notes. So the audience will have an easy way to get to this specific book. Thank you for sharing that. You bet. So this last question, Jay, is my favorite, but it's kind of a tricky one. So definitely take your time, digest it before you answer. If you woke up tomorrow and you still had all of the experience, knowledge, and money that you currently have today, but your business had completely disappeared, forcing you to start completely with a clean slate, as many of our listeners find themselves with right now, what would you do? The reality is I would probably do the same thing again um, be, because I've already done similar companies four or five times. When I was a kid, one of my first jobs was as the marketing director for waste management. I was a trash guy. My job was to give tours of landfills, quite literally. Um, and actually, before that, I worked for the Arizona Department of Juvenile Corrections, and my job was to give tours of the juvenile prison. So if you need to know anything about landfills or juvenile prison, in addition to social media, I'm probably your guy. <laughs> um, uh, and, and one of the things I learned being in the trash business is that you go to all these trash conferences, and I tell you what, that's a good time, right? Guys who, who own trash companies, those guys can party. So uh, what I learned from those guys is that they routinely will uh, buy a single trash truck, right, refuse truck, 
and they'll move into a, a city and they'll pick up a few routes uh, and they'll pick up a few more routes and they'll pick up a few more routes. And inevitably, uh, after two or three years, one of the big guys in the industry will come along and buy them out. They'll wait for their non-compete to come up two years later and they do it again. I met a guy at a conference who had done that four times in a row who had who had just said, OK, same playbook, boom, do it again. And that's probably what I would do. I would probably start over from scratch with the exact same playbook if that was off the table. Uh, I would probably start a wine or tequila bar. Wow. Great analogy with the trash. And hey, as the intro said, you are a tequila guy. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, I was in Arizona for 40 years. So I come by, it, uh, come by it geographically. Boom. There you go. So Jay, you've given us some great actionable advice and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one last piece of guidance. Give yourself a plug and then we'll say goodbye. Don't hire your friends. Um, it is great to become friends with people you hire. But a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they're starting out, say, oh, I know Bob. He's a buddy of mine. We can kind of put him in that role. He'll be fine. Uh, and I have seen more friendships ruined by entrepreneurs bringing their friends on board um, than, than companies built. Um, so I think you're much better off keeping those two worlds separate. Uh, and I have had that experience myself and seen that happen a number of times. And I know it's very tempting to sort of go through the Rolodex that you already possess. Um, but I don't think it's the healthiest uh, approach for most entrepreneurs. Very unique advice. We haven't yet heard that on the show. So thank you for opening up that perspective. And Jay, thank you so much for taking the time to join Fire Nation today. Really appreciate everything that you shared. We look forward to following you at Convince and Convert. We will be linking everything up in the show notes. Do you have a plug you'd like to give? Yeah, you bet. For people who want to know what's going on uh, with the social media content marketing world, we have a daily email newsletter called One Social Thing. It's called that because we send one thing every day. It is the story, one story that you need to read every day. So it's not overwhelming. It's not a million things. It's one thing. And you can uh, grab that for free at onesocialthing.com. Awesome, Jay. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, thank you so much for joining us today. Are you interested in learning five ways to make $500 this month? How about five productivity tips that will help you today? Well, that and more is my free gift to you when you go to eofire.com and subscribe to Fire Nation. Lastly, for that entrepreneur ready to take it to the next level, visit Ignite mastermind.com. Join our elite mastermind community and watch your business or business idea explode. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.